If you're new to Destiny Church, my name is Matt Bell. I have the great honor and privilege of being the pastor here at Destiny Church. And at Destiny, we believe that God's got a plan, a purpose, a divine calling on your life. And as we learn about Him, as we become part of His family, we begin to walk out the destiny that He's called us to live. Amen. We believe that you were created by God on purpose, with a purpose. That you're not an accident. You're not some sort of mistake. You might have been an accident to your parents, but you were long in the mind of God before your parents ever had a mistake or whatever. God's got a plan. He's got a purpose for your life. So thank you for being here at Destiny. We're so honored that you would worship with us today. We're going to spend a little bit of time in God's Word today, so if you would, uh, I would invite you to open with me in your Bibles to uh, Psalms chapter 1, and I want to wish all of you a happy new year. Um, Really excited about 2019. I believe God has some great things in store for you, for your family, uh, for uh, the the people that you know, the people that you've been praying for. I believe that uh, 2019 can be a year of breakthrough in your life. Well, at least I believe it, all right? And uh, I believe in God for some great things and some big things in this year. We serve a big God, amen? And so we should believe a big God for big things. Amen. Because he's able. God is able. Uh, So this morning I have a simple message for you today. Uh, This morning I want to share with you the number one key... I believe the number one key to walking in God's blessing in 2019. How many of you want to have God's blessing on your life in 2019? I've got the number one thing that you can do to ensure that you walk in the blessing of God in 2019. I'm going to share it with you this morning. It's not rocket science. It's not breaking any kind of new ground. It's going to be reminding you of something that you already know. How many of you need a little bit of reminder from time to time on the things that you already know? Yeah, that's right. And so uh, we're going to be looking at Psalms chapter 1 today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. Lord, that you have created us in your image. And so we are able to receive your word from you, from the mouth of God, Lord, I thank you that Scripture, the the, the Bible, the words of of this book are breathed out by you, that you inspired them to be written. Lord, because of that, we know that they are true because you are true. Because of that, we know that they are faithful because you are faithful. So, Lord, as we open your word today, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that your revelation to us, that you would illuminate it, that it would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, that it would guide us in the way that we should go. Lord, our our heart's cry is that we would understand and that we would see clearly what what it is that you want us uh, to see today. Lord, that we would love you deeply. Lord, that we would obey you fully, that we would live for you faithfully, Lord God, each and every single day to the glory of your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Psalms chapter 1, if you got it, say, I got it. it. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says this, blessed is the man. How many of you want to be blessed by God? Amen. Blessed is the man. And this is a 
just a catch-all phrase for humanity, for mankind. So if you're a woman here today, guess what? This includes you, okay? This is for every man, woman, child. This is for all mankind. This is the key to walking in God's blessing. Blessed is the man, and he starts with the negative, things not to do to walk in God's blessing, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. How many of you know there's a lot of wicked people in the world today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. And you will be blessed if you don't take counsel from wicked people. If you don't listen to advice from unregenerate, God-rejecting, lost sinners. Don't take advice on matters of faith or matters of the Lord or matters of spirituality or matters on morality from people who do not love and serve the Lord. Now, can you take your taxes to a wicked person? Well, sure. Um, But don't make sure they're being honest and, and doing things the right way. There are certainly things that we can learn from people who don't know the Lord, but the most important things of our life, we, we should not seek out counsel on the direction of our lives, uh, what we should do, how we should uh, love our and serve our wives. We don't need advice on marriage from people that have had six or seven marriages. We need advice on our marriage from people who have been married for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Right? Like this is just should be common sense for us, but so many times we find ourselves listening to really bad advice from really bad people. And the Bible says you'll be blessed if you don't do that. You'll be blessed if you don't do that. So don't stand in, uh, don't don't walk out in the counsel of the wicked, or or stand in the way of sinners. What this means is that you're just not hanging around people that are are leading you away from God. That you're not just showing up just to kill time, just to chill, just to, wait, what do you guys want to do? Oh, that sounds like a good idea. That sounds like fun. Yeah, let's go sin a bunch against God. No. Now, certainly we can know people and love people that are sinners that don't know the Lord, but we need to make sure that if we have a relationship with people who don't know and serve the Lord, that it's our job to be influencing them for the kingdom of God. That when I spend time with people who don't know and serve the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it just because. I'm not letting them lead me into paths of sin and wickedness and unrighteousness. I am there to be an influence, to be a light shining to them. Amen. Amen. And if I'm not, then they're being a light to me. They're being an influence to me. They're leading me astray. There's no neutral in this walk with the Lord. There's no neutral. You, you, some, of, some of you have never driven a standard shift car. Uh, some of your cars don't even have neutral anymore. Um, it's just park and drive. But there used to be this thing called neutral. 
And, it, and if you stick it in neutral, you go whichever way gravity is going. And, and if you stick your, your spiritual life in neutral, living in the fallen, broken world, it's not going to lead you towards God. It's going to lead you away from God. And so we need to make sure we got our spiritual something in gear and that we're actively living out our faith every moment of every day, especially if we're around people who don't know and serve the Lord, which I hope that you are. I hope that you know people who don't know and serve the Lord. I hope that you're being a light and a witness. You will be blessed if you do so. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. We live in a world today that makes fun of everything, don't we? Of everything. I mean, this, this is the, the, the communication method of our day is, is posting scoffing stuff online. Memes and making fun of this person and that person. And the Bible says that you will be blessed if you don't spend your life making fun of everything and everyone. Amen. But... His delight is in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? Well, it's the Holy Scripture. It's the Word of God. It's the Bible. You want to live a blessed life? You want to have God's blessing in 2019? Delight yourself in the Word of God. God commands His blessing on every man, woman, and child who will do this. This is the key to living in the blessing of God is to delight in the scriptures, to love the word, to study the word, to think the word, to pray the word, to speak the word, to read the word. And on his law, he meditates day and night. That's the Bible's way of saying all the time. You wanna live a blessed life Meditate on God's word. What consumes your thoughts? What consumes your affections? What are you constantly thinking about? What is it that you look forward to? Is it spending time in God's presence? Is it spending time in God's word? Is it, is it meditating on the words of God, renewing your mind, the Bible says, by the word of God? Or is it something else? You know, the word meditate, uh, it, it's taken from... Um, uh, have I shared this before? I probably have. It, it's taken from the, the idea that comes behind how a cow chews the cud. You know, a cow has like a hundred stomachs or something, like more than one stomach. I think it's seven. Is it seven stomachs? Seven. Thank you. Seven stomachs. And what a cow does is it, it ingests food and it goes into one stomach and it does a little something in there. And then it comes back up and he chews it some more and then it goes into another stomach and does some stuff down there and then it comes back up and he chews on a little bit more and that's really gross. <laughs> and that's what we're to do with God's word. That's what it looks like to meditate on it, to take it into our lives, to, to chew on it a little bit, to get some nourishment about it, to, to tuck it away inside of us and let it work on us, let it give us life and health and strength and, and spiritual nourishment to our, to our faith. And then we bring it up again. We chew on it some more. And guess what? There's more in there for you because God's word is eternal. Amen. 
That's what it means to meditate. It means to be, to be thinking on, to be putting the right things into you. There, this is not a, a, a middle uh, or a far eastern version of meditation. The, the far east thought of meditation uh, is to empty yourself, to empty yourself of all your thoughts and all that kind of stuff. The problem is when you empty yourself, you make a lot of room for the devil. And so meditation, according to God's word, is not emptying yourself. It's putting the right things into you, which is the law of God, which is the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. At the end of the message, I'm going to give you some practical applications on how you can do that today. The Bible says if you do that, you will be like a tree. That sounds cool. How many of you have ever been to California and seen those redwoods? And isn't that, isn't that just awe-inspiring? When you go there and they're like, this tree's 2,000 years old. It's just like, it's insane. The Bible says if, if you will meditate on his, God's word, that you will be like a tree. It says Planting by, planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season, that its leaf does not wither, in all that you do, you will prosper. I like that a lot. I want my life to be fruitful. I want my life to count. I want my life to produce something. I don't just want to be a consumer that consumes a bunch of stuff and leaves a bunch of trash behind. No, I want to be someone who produces something good for others, that blesses God, that blesses others. Amen. I want to be someone that, that produces something that lives beyond me. That's what the Bible calls a legacy. Something that outlives you, that lives on in others. You were called to live a life that produces fruit, that lives on in others for generations to come. And we're so concerned about, you know, what's on Netflix tonight? And we spend an hour looking for something to watch. And then we, we, we decide there's too many. I can't decide, so then I just give up. And a bunch of you are smiling at me. <laughs> which is insane. It's a crazy world we live in. We need to delight ourselves in God's word, meditate on it day and night. You will be like a tree planted by streams of water. You know, a, a tree is, when, you know, when the storms of life come and the storms of life are coming, let me tell you, that, that I can promise you that you will have a storm in your life in 2019. I can promise you. There, there, it will be there. There will be a moment where you say, God, I need you to show up in this moment. It's, it's coming. It's there for all of us. But if you're like a tree, planted, deeply rooted, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to be blown around all over the place. You're not going to be uprooted. You're uprooted. Your life's not going to be thrown into chaos when the storms come. Amen. You'll be deeply rooted. The wicked are not so. The people who don't delight in God's word, who don't love the Lord, who don't serve the Lord, who aren't born again, who aren't filled with the Spirit of God, they are not like that. They are like the chaff that the wind drives away. That's like a tumbleweed. 
That was your cue. Okay. Like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a tree, a huge redwood that gives life and shade and provides homes and, 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 and it, it, you know, birds come and, and rest and, and there's life there planted by a stream? Or do you want to be a dead, dried up old tumbleweed rolling through life? Whichever way any little breeze blows, your life is up, turned upside down. I don't want to be like that. I have to delight in God's word. Amen. Verse 5, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Amen. What do you want to be? Do you want to be a tree or do you want to be a tumbleweed? I want to be a tree. So in 2019, every single day, I need to delight myself in God's word. I need to devote myself to God's word. I need to meditate on God's word day and night. Day and night meditation on the word of God. And let me tell you something, this stuff works. This stuff works. I'm not here today to, I'm not talking uh, to you uh, like a tour guide, sending you on a journey somewhere I've never been before. I've, I've walked this out. I've lived this out. This stuff works. This is true. It will work for you. On uh, December, for, no, January 1st, New Year's Day, um, I decided to clean out my garage. We moved into our house 18 months ago. And since we moved in, our, our garage has progressively and steadily and faithfully become more and more of a total disaster area. And um, because we live in a world that is fallen and broken, and if things are left alone, chaos ensues. And so for things to get better, you have to go in and work. And so um, I don't know what happened. I was possessed by something on New Year's Day and said, this is it. This is the end of this chaos. I'm cleaning out the garage today. And so I entered into the garage and began opening boxes that I hadn't unpacked since we moved 18 months ago. And some of these boxes I didn't unpack when we moved in with my mom after my dad died six years ago. And some of these boxes I hadn't unpacked when I married Heather 10 years ago. It's just, you know, we're like beasts of burden just carrying these boxes from house to house. We don't even know what's in them. And so I'm going through it. I'm like, why am I been carrying around all this junk for 10 years? So I'm just, I'm throwing stuff out. You know, the, it, it's insane. The kids kept coming in here to the garage and they're like, Daddy, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm cleaning up the garage. They're like, this is a mess. <laughs> like, there's no cleaning going on in here. You've made a huge mess. I made a huge mess in the garage. But in the, in the process of all of that, all, I say all that to say that, this, I came across some really interesting artifacts and you know keepsakes and memorabilia and things that mean a lot to me. And one of the things that I came across was my very first Bible. My very first Bible. I dusted it off and I said, man, I remember. 
I remember taking this to church. I remember when my grandpa was the pastor and I wanted to be just like him. And so I would have my mom dress me up in a three-piece suit and tie and get my little Bible under this Bible and take it to Sunday school. And I would teach all the Sunday school teachers the right stuff, you know, because <laughs> I had been studying this stuff a lot longer than they had, even though I was only two years old, you know. And um, it was, anyway, so uh, I opened this Bible. And on the first page, it says, presented to Matthew Bell. I think I have it for you on the, the slide. Well, I thought I did. <laughs> presented to Matthew Bell by Mommy and Daddy on July 23rd, 1983, for your second birthday. I couldn't read at two years old. I couldn't read at six years old. I, Man, this is what I've been building my life on for my whole life, for my whole life, since before I was born. And th this, again, was just God's, on New Year's Day, God's gentle reminder to me that this is what your family's been building your life on, my family, for over 100 years. For over a century, my family has been building their lives on the Word of God, has been delighting in the Word of God. And because of that, I'm here to tell you, the blessing of God, the blessing of God that's on my family because of the Word of God in our lives, because we have said this is, this is non-negotiable, this is central, this is what we're living by, this is the standard. So when I say to you, I, this stuff works. It's, it's not that I'm just, you know, finding stuff on a page to come and bring to you. I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is my life. It works for me, and it will work for you. It's worked for my parents. It's worked for my grandparents. It's worked for my great-grandparents. Over a hundred years, four generations of my family, we have built our lives on the Word of God, and and again, we're, we're handing it on to the next generation. I bought Faith her first Bible when she was, I don't even know if she was two yet. That thing is in a lot worse shape than this. <laughs> but it, it's what it represents, handing our faith from generation to generation. You know, I, I uh, this, this last year, my mom passed away, and so now I'm the oldest in my family, and I had people calling me saying stuff like, you're the patriarch of the family, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, you know, what does that mean, and how do I do this? And uh, it's, all, you know, it's your job now to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, okay. And, you know, my mom passed away, and she didn't leave to, uh, we have, I have four younger brothers, she didn't leave us millions of dollars. My family has never amassed earthly riches, earthly wealth, a lot of possessions. We, didn't, we don't get a huge inheritance of, of, of monetary wealth, but 
I tell you what we have inherited, what my family has inherited, what's been passed on to me, is worth more than silver and gold. It's something that money cannot buy. And, and it can be the same for you and for your family to pass on this legacy of faith, to train up your children in the ways of the Lord, to, 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 to raise them in the house of the Lord. And I believe that we, we are a people that is doing that. Amen. We are a people that's doing that. My great-grandfather, Leonard Coote, the one that, that started this legacy of faith, started this church 77 years ago, this was his vow. He took this vow before God. He said this about the Bible. Sink or swim, do or die, failure or success, whether it means the creation of enemies or the loss of friends, I vow to read and reread the word of God daily, and I'm going to make my life an exact duplicate of the Bible in action. That's powerful stuff. Over a hundred years ago, my great-grandfather drew a line in the sand, and he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going we're to live our lives according to the word of God. Sink or swim. He said, whether it creates enemies or I lose friends. He was a real optimist, you could tell. <laughs> so what are some of the blessings that we get from the word of God. I, I don't have enough time to name them. We could, we could spend the whole year talking about the blessings we receive from the word of God, but I've got a couple of them for you. How about the gospel message that we receive from the word of God? How about that? How about receiving Christ? How about being born again into God's family? First Peter uh, chapter one, verse 23 to 25 says this, that you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. He says, all flesh is like grass, his glory is like the flower of the grass. The grass wither, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news or the gospel that was preached to you. How about that blessing? How about the blessing of being born again because someone preached to us the word of God and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. How about this blessing? A sure foundation for life. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, everyone who hears my words and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Listen, the Bible, the word of God, it is a sure foundation for your life. A sure foundation I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, but there are storms in our lives. 
There are times in our lives where, where, where life throws us a curveball and things don't go the way that we planned and, and we get a bad report from the doctor or we lose our job or, or our spouse is unfaithful. Like there are things in life that don't go the way we want them to go. But the promise is if we will hear God's word and live God's word, that it will be a sure foundation for our lives and that when the storms come, our lives don't come crumbling down after it. This is what I want for you. This is what I want for the people of Destiny Church and the families of Destiny Church, that as we face the storms of life, that our life will stand because we've built them on a solid foundation. How about a happiness and joy that is not based on circumstances, but that persists in all circumstances? A faith that is, is built upon the word of God that rises above every circumstance. Amen. A joy that is not fleeting when things don't go my way, but when things don't go according to plan, that there's still the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. Amen. How about fruitfulness for your life? We looked at that in Psalms chapter one. Fruitfulness, that your life will count for something. Here's another one, sanctification. Being made more like Jesus. How many of you would love to say on December 31, 2019, that you're more like Jesus than you were on January 1, 2019? Yeah, I would love that too. It's done through the Holy Spirit working in our lives through the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says this, that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from God's sight, but are all naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. What is this talking about? It's saying that the word of God can divide in our hearts between what is sinful and what is spiritual. That it divides between, he uses the language of joints and marrow and soul and spirit. And so when we come to the word of God, it's like a sword that can pierce into our hearts and it can say, this is from the spirit and this is from your flesh. So this is the way you need to go to follow uh, the Holy Spirit and the leading of God in your life. How many of you uh, are someone like me and sometimes you just don't know the right way to go? It's like, I don't know the right decision to make. I, 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 I am having a hard time deciding if it's this way or is it that way. How many of you sometimes even have a hard time uh, deciphering your own motivations for things in life? Do I want to do this for God's glory? Do I want to do this for my glory? Am I living uh, for the praises of men or am I living for the glory of God? When I read God's word, it, it's a sword that comes in and, and, and it, it separates those things in my life and it shows me the things I have to deal with and it gives me the power with which to deal with it. And so when we come to God's word, what we actually find is that it's part of the process on how God makes us more like Jesus. And taking all of this together, it means that it's really not you who reads God's word, when you open up God's word, this book is reading you. 
It's not just you reading this book. You need to allow this book to read you and to pierce your heart and to pierce your soul and to repent of sin and and put it to death in your life in the power of God's spirit and to walk with Jesus every single day. I want to encourage you, don't run away from the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it doesn't feel good. I know when the Holy Spirit convicts us, it it can sometimes uh, be an unpleasant process, but it's part of the Christian life. The Lord revealing things in our heart, even deep things in our heart, even things we didn't know were there, brings them to the surface. Don't run away from that. Don't hide from that. Embrace it. It's how God is making you more like Jesus. Surrender to God daily. Let him work in your life. And watch how you will live a life of blessing. All right, I want to give you some things that have helped me delight in God's word in closing today. These are a couple of things that have been helpful to me. I pray that some of them will also be helpful to you. One of the biggest things that has helped me to delight in God's word is when I realized, when I understood, when I comprehended and apprehended this truth, that the Bible is God's word. This is, this is what helped me to delight in this book more than anything else. When I, when I really understood and pondered and contemplated on the fact that this is the word of Almighty God. Amen. That when I read this book, God speaks to me. And this should blow our minds. This is incredible that you can hear from Almighty God at any point, at any time, day or night. Amen. If you will get a revelation, if the Holy Spirit can give you illumination that, that this is God's word, that God breathed these words out for us so that we could know him, that we could serve him, that we could love him, that we could walk with him, that we could have a relationship with him. This is the number one thing. When I, when I fully, when I, I don't know if I can say fully, but when I deeply embraced this truth, that these are not the words of men, but these are the words of God. It, it helped me to delight in God's word and transform my time with the Lord reading his word. Uh, our Baptist brothers and sisters, they have a great saying. They say, do you want to hear the voice of God? Read your Bible. They say, do you want to hear the audible voice of God? Read your Bible out loud. I like that. I like that. This is the word of God. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, has breathed these words out. And when we read this book, God is speaking to us. It's a powerful truth. The second thing uh, that has helped me to delight in God's word is to discipline myself. To discipline myself. Um, That's a D word, discipline. Um, there's like a lot of letters in that word, but it's really a four-letter word to most of us. 
We don't like to discipline ourselves. Uh, we live in a world and a culture that says, live any way you want, however you want. If it feels good, do it. Discipline, no, why, why do that? Why deprive yourself? If, if you have a difficult time um, being faithful to studying God's word, being faithful to reading God's word, let me encourage you that it starts with discipline. Amen. It starts with discipline. And everything, um, how many of you know that there are lots of things that we know we should be doing uh, that we don't do all the time? Uh, diet, uh, exercise, and reading God's word. Um, the people that I know who have done good on diet and exercise, this is not me talking from experience at this point, but they've told me that first you just have to discipline yourself. I've, I have some family members that have uh, radically changed their diet, and they talk now about how they delight in this stuff that they eat. And um, <laughs> when talking about it, they say, first you have to discipline yourself. And I sit there and say, uh-huh, <laughs> right? Can I get another tamale, please? And the same goes with other members of my family who are encouraging me to exercise, that it doesn't start with delight, it starts with discipline. And discipline, they tell me, leads to desire, and then desire leads to delight. And while I have not necessarily found that to be true with diet and exercise, I have found it to be true with God's word. If you will discipline yourself, if you will set aside a sacred time with you and the Lord, a holy time, a time on your calendar where you say, this is time for me and God. And I'm going to set my alarm a little bit early, or I'm going to stay up a little bit late, or I'm going to make sure I'm going to, to put this into place as a discipline in my life. I can assure you that very soon you will look forward to that time that you used to have to discipline yourself for, that what used to be discipline will turn into desire. You look forward to it. You, you want to be in God's word. It's feeding you spiritually. And ultimately, it will just turn into delight. So if you need help in delighting in God's word, first, discipline yourself. Set a specific time aside. I encourage you to do it every single day. Number three, this, this helped me too, is to stop lying to myself. This is called excuses. All excuses are lies that you tell yourself about why you can't do stuff. So, oh, I don't have the time. I'm too busy. I've got too much going on. I've, I'm too busy for the Lord. I don't have time for, you know, all of this stuff. And the truth is, it's a lie. The, the, the idea that you don't have enough time to spend in God's word, that is a lie from the devil. So stop believing the devil's lies. You've got the time. Listen, we all have got 24 hours in a day. We got to decide how we're going to use each and every one of them. 
you've got the time. You can, don't, don't, here, this is me just being super practical, all right? If you wait until you can find the time, you will never find it. I never find time anywhere. I've never been cleaning up the stage and, oh, wow, look, I just found some time here. There's no, you don't find time. You make time. You have to make the time. You can't ever just wait for life to happen, for the stars to align, for every situation to just be perfect in your life. That's not the world we live in. You have to make it happen. You have to set aside the time. And you'll be amazed that when you do that, how all hell will break loose at that time. Amen. The house is on fire. The car has a flat tire. You know, so-and-so cut their finger and so-and-so slammed their brother's finger in the thing and so-and-so spilled Cheetos all over the couch. And it's just you... Pick the time, and there's going to be so many things that want to come into that time. And you have to say, no, this is my time with the Lord. So stop lying to yourself. And number four, this has helped me. I don't know if it'll help you, but I realize that I'm going to have to give an account to the Lord one day. One day, I'm going to stand before God, and I'm going to have to say, God, this is what I did with the life that you gave me. This is how I used it. This is how I spent it. I'm not talking about a salvation issue. I'm just talking about standing before your creator and saying, this is what I did with what you gave me. And when I think about that, it helps me to sort of prioritize things a little bit. It helps me to move some things up the ladder and other things way, way down the ladder. I'm not talking about getting into heaven I know it's only the blood of Jesus and the grace of God by which we are saved. Nothing else can save us. But one day we will all still stand before the Lord and say, God, this is what I did with the life that you gave me. And I want, I want to live a life that's worthy of the life that was laid down for me. I want the life that I live now in my body. I want it to, to be worthy of the calling that I've received from, from the Most High. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. I'm not trying to scare you unless it's working. And then, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. No, I'm, what I'm really trying to do is to stir up a love and affection in your heart and in your life to try to move you into a, a deeper walk with the Lord, a, a, a walk with the Lord that is growing, that is not stagnant, that has not been stale since 1982 or the last time the Cowboys won a playoff game or whatever, but that you have a life with Christ that is growing, that is fruitful, that is giving life to others, that is leaving a legacy that will live beyond you in the lives of the people that you touch. And the way to do it where it starts is in delighting yourself in the word of God. Amen. Amen. In the seventh century, uh, there was a new religion uh, forming. It's called Islam. And Muhammad was going around trying to convert people to 
this new religion that he had invented. And he was having a real difficult time converting Christians. And the reason was, was because they said, what well, you're preaching is not what's in our book. We've got our book from God, and you say you have a message from God, but it doesn't line up with the message we've received as God's holy word. And so he was having a real hard time converting Christians to Islam. And, and because of that, in Islam to this day, do you know what Christians are known as? People of the book. People of the book. In fact, in the Quran, Christians are called the people of the book. And what Christians have done ever since then is we have taken that term and we've said, yes, that is who we are. We are people of the book. And so I want to encourage you in 2019, as you read God's word, as you study God's word, as you let God's word read you, that you devote yourself to be a person of the book. Amen? Amen. Amen.